This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. Y'all know I don't do that a whole lot because, you know, Rona be Rona in. But we have a special in-studio guest with us today. He is Jamel A. Wright, the current vice president of Harlem Jet Sports and Youth Development, hailing from the east side of Harlem. He's an up-and-coming sports professional with a passion for giving back to his community and others like it. And as I understand it, uh, this brother has an answer to the question of which is the real H.U. And, and what would you say in response to that, brother? There's only ever been one H.U. Really? The institute don't count. Really? Oh, oh. Oh, shout okay. out to them! Very good education. <laughs> I advise anyone from the Hampton, Virginia area to go to Hampton. That is what we call shots fired, folks. <laughs> but yes, the debate between which is the real HU continues. Uh, Jamel Wright is a graduate of one Howard University in 2017 uh, with a bachelor's in sports business, and he is here today uh, to talk with us about this amazing institution that he is a part of, the Harlem Jet Sports and Development Program. Brother, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure thank to have you, you here. <laughs> Speak into your microphone. Oh, you have one of those deep interview. voices, right? <laughs> Uh, oh, he said it's his first interview. Y'all be nice. All right, we're going to be very nice. Uh, talk to us. What What is the Harlem Jets? Uh, what is the Harlem Jets Sports and Development Program, and who do you all target? Uh, so Harlem Jets uh, Youth and Sports Development is a youth sports organization my father started almost 17 years ago. Wow. Um, like I said, we're from the east side of Harlem where um, – there happen to not to be too many um, resources for mm. kids and just the community. So, like, as opposed to a lot of other communities, we don't have a lot of community centers. We don't have the PAL or um, a lot of those things that used to be in our community weren't there at the moment. Um, so my father and a group of other fathers decided to band together and do something a little bit alternative as opposed to some of the other more popular sports in New York City. What were some of the typical things that people in that era would have done if your dad's program hadn't taken off? I mean, you from Harlem, you from New York City, you all play basketball. You could throw a rock and hit a kid with a ball walking down the street. So, um, And football... Football was just that alternative. We just needed it to be a little bit more, I guess you could say, extreme because you coming from the projects. We from Wagner Projects on 122nd First Avenue. Mm. Um, so you're dealing with extreme poverty, single-parent households, drug abuse, alcoholism, and so forth and so on. Um, so basketball wasn't just wasn't enough to yeah. grab the kids because they're already doing that naturally in their neighborhoods. But um, like I said, my father and the, and the group of men from our neighborhood decided to take on the responsibility of trying to change our neighborhood and mm. become that change agent for the violence that was going on. Now, typically, these stories don't have a father figure. Like, mm -hmm. the, the stories we often hear about these sort of circumstances is always, you know, give love to my mom, single mother, this, is that, and the other. So when you start out by talking about my father, people's ears are already perking up. Talk mm -hmm. with us about the role of black men in your life, your father, and the others who connected with him to build this institution. Uh, I mean, a, a big, big shout-out to my dad. I told him yesterday, I was like, the best thing you ever did was name me Jamel Jr. Um, mm -hmm. So we could always represent each other. Um, but I think that's one of the the linchpins to society, like having that male, having that male in the home, having that father figure is the ultimate. Oh, not I mean it's not the ultimate, but it's one of the key, um, one of the key components to being successful because you do need that leadership, you do need that discipline, you do need someone to check you and teach you from right from wrong because a lot of kids don't necessarily have that guidance and that's how they start to make bad decisions and so forth and so on. Mm. You distinguish football from basketball and, and I, I see the distinction because basketball is already such an ingrained part of mm -hmm. our cultural experience that to have access to a basketball court under those circumstances don't really mean a whole lot because we all got that. What was it about football? And, and I'm asking that also because a lot of us right now are very concerned about some of the dangers of football, some of the potential for harm and, and some of the ways that we see the industry sort of operating but 
what was it about the nature of that sport in particular that you say was able to fill in a role that, that something like basketball couldn't? I mean, if you really play football or you've played football for uh, a certain amount of time, you understand that football is one of those sports that's the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's not about I or about me. It's about we. Um, you have to learn how to necessarily be comfortable with being uncomfortable and dealing with all the the harsh realities that may come with football yeah you may be hurt yeah it may be cold it may be raining it may be hot it may be so many different um circumstances that may come into your um come into the environment of football but at the end of the day we still put our pads on and tie our cleats up and still go out there so it just teaches you those life lessons that we may not necessarily get in the classroom Mm. or on a trip or any of these other different experiences that also are very uh, key to life, but it's just teaching you how to deal with adversity because life is very, very hard. Yeah. Were you a part of the program as well? As a yeah. Um, I was a part of the first team. So, wow. um, so Harlem Jets, uh, now we're a little bit different because just the environment of it. Um, but when we first started, we were originally from six years old all the way up to 18. Wow, mm-hmm. that's incredible. And so I'm imagining you, young, young six-year-old version, but mm-hmm. it wasn't you know going out with your dad and, and connecting with the other brothers, but it, it wasn't just your dad. You said, it sounds like you, if I heard correctly, there were other men who were yeah, also there were, involved. Yeah, there were five of them. Um, my father was the president. Um, so my father, Jamal Rice Sr., um, rest in peace to Coach Andre, mm-hmm. Coach Ali, Coach Kevin, Coach Bruce. Um, those are the main guys. And then we have, like I said, there's a bunch of other fathers um, that came along throughout the process that just realized that they needed to connect their son to something bigger as well. And again, it can't possibly, you must have met mothers because we never hear about fathers oh. showing up in our community. I mean, the moms are the, the moms are the backbones of everything we do. Like, unfortunately, fortunately, more often than not, a lot uh, just, of- Just so you know, audience, I was being facetious when I said that. Don't uh, be don't be coming at me talking about Larissa, the moms more important no, than dad. No, no, the joke. moms, that the joke. moms, that, that goes without being said. Like, one doesn't happen without the other. The mm. mom, more often than not, the majority of the children who do come to us are from single mother- um, mm. households and that's why they're actually coming out there to find some guidance and some leadership for their sons to help yeah. check them where they be uh potentially go the wrong way yeah 17 years ago is when it started mm-hmm. you are now a graduate of howard university mm-hmm. um, obviously it worked for you mm-hmm. talk with us about some of the experiences your teammates had how are they doing now what was it what life-changing impact did it have for them um I guess that's a really good question. I, I guess you could say I'm the first generation of Harlem Jets, so I would be one of the oldest members. Um, some of uh, the typical, or not the typical, it's not the non-typical answer. So the majority of us did not go on to play football at the next level. Mm. Um, so some of my uh, teammates at the time where we were just starting, because you got to realize, like I said, 17 years ago, New York City football wasn't necessarily a thing. We've yeah. always had high schools and we've always had youth teams, but it wasn't as organized or as competitive as it is now. Yeah. Um, so they like high schools weren't giving out scholarships and so forth and so on. So um, it really was just lucky you went to a high school that had a team. So um, a lot of my teammates that are my age now, some of them are teachers, uh, a couple mm. of doctors, a lawyer, um, I'm an athletic director as well. I mean, some of my guys, they're still in the streets. We got some guys who went to jail, some yeah. guys who had children early um, that just fell to victim to society. So it's a myriad of different experiences, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just happen to be represented. I appreciate that. And now talk with us about you, the group of brothers that you were with on the team as compared to some of the kids you saw also growing up with mm-hmm. who did not have access to something like that. What comparison points could you make there? Uh, just total deci- is the is the decision-making. And like I said, um, with football, especially where we're from, you have to learn how to be 
comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. We don't necessarily have all of the space. We don't have all of the equipment or resources. Um, it's good now that, like, just because, I, like I said, I want to give a big shout-out to my father and the other um, brothers from my community because it, it there are we aren't the only program and we aren't the only group of men that went outside to play football. But I say this to a lot of people from our community, like, you can't just be doing this to do this. A lot of mm-hmm. guys like, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm trying to give back the standard third. It ain't really about that. It's really the full 365, 18-year experience for our children and their families mm. because essentially these people are coming to you to, um, I guess not, I don't want to say correct them, but just give them some more guidance to give them some more, more support that our community needs because we all succeed when one succeeds. Unpack that a little bit for us. You said it's not just a, I'm just here to give back. Yeah, it's like... We in New York City, so like I, I hate to keep saying that, but because I haven't been from anywhere else but from New York, so <laughs> That's you know a, we like when people speak from their experience. Yeah, a lot of guys, <laughs> a lot of guys from Harlem gonna say, "Yeah, I'm back outside. I, I did what I did when I was younger. I may have went to jail, did some time. I got a son, or I'm just, I'm just trying to get back." But it's never like just trying to get back. Like especially when you get into involved in or develop an organization like we have. Um, you, it's early mornings and late nights mm. every day. Like it never ends. We, we essentially, our program runs almost nine months throughout the year. Wow. So we, I, since I was a child, I was visiting kids' schools to check up on other kids. Ooh. So it's been, it's, it's, it's like those, those late night phone calls that visiting the precinct, you got to hire a lawyer, you got to, all of that whole process. That's why I'm saying you can't just be doing this. Like you got to be ten toes in. Mm. What I'm hearing as as you're speaking about this is sometimes we have this thing in our community where people are like, "Oh, I, I want to give back. Mm. I want to mentor a person." And I think I said I might have said this earlier, Amina, or it may have been like in past conversations. Sometimes my conversations just run like on mm. a three six twenty four seven cycle, so I forget where one happened and the other did not. But one of the things that uh, we were just talking about is the fact that a lot of times people will often, "I want to do a volunteer project," mm. and our community is not going to be sustained by people who do. Mm a volunteer project there has to be this what you're speaking to a consistency and a recognition that it's not just a I'm going to donate a little bit of my time Mm -hmm. here one of the things my husband always says is that like considering the conditions we are in right now if like we don't give back I don't give back to my children my children are my responsibility two kids I'm not giving back to Mm -hmm. my children they are mine I'm responsible for them and what I hear you speaking to is a an embrace of this notion that these kids are ours yeah that's our community yes 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 yes. and it's not enough for us to just be like oh yeah I, I went on one Saturday a month and y'all don't get I'm not you know I ain't being I'm not wagging a finger if all you can do is one Saturday a month okay I'm just saying considering the conditions we are in right now it's gonna take a hell of a lot more Mm -hmm. than just that one Saturday a month Mm -hmm. how do you all keep particularly men involved in the pro in a way that allows for that more consistent participation because that's one of the things I haven't yet been able to figure out when it comes to I mean unless you're, you're you've got people on payroll getting people to volunteer can sometimes be really challenging even when it's something as noble of an issue as this what is it that you all provide that will allow adults in the community to consistently want to show up for these babies I mean we do recruit mm. um, and it's a saying in football that like no one wants to be associated with a loser so we do compete at the highest of levels mm. so it kind of makes it a little bit easier um, so wait, y'all. What y'all? What he just said was they're excellent. Yeah, we we promote like mm. we don't do anything half-ass. From, yeah. Like so, it's just people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So, um, if you have any athletic background or you know some troubled youth and you want to be a part a little bit more hands-on, we are giving people opportunities and we are wow. like 
majority of the fathers who came out didn't play football. They right. didn't have, know probably anything about football besides being a fan, but we do educate you. We will equip you with the skills and continue to give you support so you can support the kids. Mm. 17 years in, mm-hmm. most organizations doing some sort of good deed don't make it beyond a three- to five-year mark. What's been the secret to the success here for the Harlem Jets? Mm, that's a really good question. I guess you could say I just the legacy. Like, um, It happened organically. Uh, but no, I always tell anybody who came through the Harlem Jets like once a Jet, you always a Jet, and we've always, always been for always all we've. I'm sorry, we've always been there for each other through the good times and the bad times. So organically, when a lot of the kids start to have their success, more often than not, a lot of these organizations like they build the kid up, they put them in all these schools and camps and so forth and so on, and then they they get what they need and they get going but mm. more often than not our kids return back to the Harlem wow. back to our football fields the majority of the kids who we've had that have gone on to play division 1 or have gone on to different schools they make their announcements with us mm. so it can, it just shows the younger kids growing up like this is what we do this is our culture this right. is how we do it like once a jet always a jet Mm. What role does academic excellence play in this? One doesn't happen without the other. Mm. Um, essentially, if you want to, if you do want to play football at a high level, understand academics come first. Yeah. So, um, since the beginning, we've always been monitoring grades. Um, like I said, since I was in high school, for the younger kids, I was going to kids' classes, checking them, wow. threatening them with the belt, like, "Yo, I might have to beat you in front of you." Like, serious, like, Dang. you know, like really trying to be parental because <laughs> you're dealing with very like. You know, we dealing with the lit, the uh, what are, what used to say is the the Lynchman kids mm. or latchkey, latchkey kids? kids, yeah, latchkey, yeah. latchkey. Yeah. Like you dealing with those kids, like they not really seeing their mother or their father like that. They don't really have the guidance. They really unsupervised. So, um, who is it better to hear from than the kid that you just was on the same field with? Wow, that went through the same thing you went through, and they can actually like, yo, like you can see what I'm doing. Follow my path. Not that we got to go down the same path, but as long as you continue to be positive and make the right decisions you'll be successful so that's all it's really about so we've had a couple of groups on this show that talk about uh that target specific male children mm-hmm. uh and i think that's really important because we don't need we don't have enough of those if, if i if i were to right now go through my phone and my text messages going back a couple years when my oldest son was my son who is our oldest was younger one of the biggest questions we all had was what is there for the boys mm-hmm. ain't nothing for the boys we got rights of passage for the girls we got this that and the other for the girls what is there for the boys and these sorts of institutions your institution we've had a number of organizations that specifically focus on uh, black boys in particular, mm-hmm. boys of color, yes, but really hyper-focused on black boys. And there are some some themes that I'm hearing in what you're saying and, and as I compare it to some of the others. Y'all, y'all remember Chionessu Bakari, who we've had on a couple of boy groups. And one of the things that they also speak to is this need for excellence. Mm-hmm. The high expectations for our children really do matter because we all know that phrase, you will, you know, the failure of people will rise to your low expectations. But there's something about setting out an example, a model for black boys in particular for whom the world does not have a whole lot of expectations and say, oh, no, you're not just going to be here. You're going to be here and you're going to be excellent. Give us a sense as to why that's so important. From a male perspective, someone who has seen, has been a part of this program, why is that so important for our children in particular? I mean, that's what that's our legacy. That's where we come from. That's who black people are as a whole. We mm. just have to find and realize our legacy and realize the excellence we do come from. If you know your history, where you come from, especially being from Harlem, we represent black excellence. It's the Mecca. Yeah. So where we, how we walk, how we talk, how we carry ourselves, everything has to be on point because 
um, we continue the legacy. It, it started before we got here, and it's not going to end with us. Mm. Before we got here, that means, y'all, 1619 was just an interruption. It was not the beginning. Um, people are loving everything you have to say, except for that the, the way you started out by declaring which was the real HU. <laughs> but that's all right, y'all. We're going to let him stand on business. It's all good. I, I got, we got Harlem <laughs> Jets that play football in Hampton. Well, there you go. There Most you go, definitely. because we are equal opportunity in community. Uh, an organization like this does cannot possibly run on air. What all? How do you all engage in fundraising? What what sorts of ways do you have community options for communities to support? I mean, we fundraise three sixty five. A part of my fundraising is just getting more visibility for our program and uh, just marketing. So anything you see social media wise or our website, anything like that, that's me behind the scenes with my team. Um, but realistically. Um, the reason why we also have some of the success we have is we aren't sponsored and we have no major funders or mm. donors. Why, did, why is that important? Um, to really maintain our our autonomy, our independence, and freedom to make our own decisions because huh. you got to realize there's no such thing as a, like they're not doing deals. They're not just giving you money to give you money. They're also a give and a take. So yeah. um, I've experienced a lot of different conversations and been in some meetings where uh, they want to take too much and mm. not give enough. So um, my father always was really strong on um, doing business the right way. A lot of organizations, they're not necessarily like on top of their paperwork and making Oops. sure they filing a uh, 501c3 and so forth and so on. It's just mistakes that people don't necessarily know just because of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the research is out there, and when you do your due diligence, we can you can make sure your business flows. So um, we still are 100% volunteer-based. Wow. Um, and the kids pay wow. a fee. Wait a minute. Whoa. 100% volunteer-based after 17 years? That's yeah, all insane. of us still work daytime jobs. My father just retired from MTA. What? Uh, Wait, Amina, that's round of applause worthy. Because usually that's where you lose people is when it's volunteer based and people aren't able to really tap in. That's incredible. So that, for me, as someone who, when I'm not here, I run a nonprofit organization. That really does speak to a level of integrity and excellence that you all are engaging in. That is commendable. But if I'm listening right now and I'm thought, well, that that sounds like a lovely program. How would I be able to support? If I'm not in Harlem. Oh, we take take all donations. Come on, brother. Where where, where where did the donations go? You can visit (laughs) HarlemJets.org. The donate button definitely works. Um, We have a GoFundMe. I mean, our GoFundMe isn't running at the moment. But, yeah, visit Harlem jets.org our donate button works we'll take any checks you could write a check out to the address we'll pick it up um yeah just it's not hard to find us just reach out we'll definitely take donations 17 years from now where Mm. will you be me you and connection to this organization uh uh, i mean right now like i said i'm the vice president now um just got this position at the years of waiting um but wait a minute y'all wait 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 wait. Hold hold on hold on hold on I feel like there are so many times where a, an elder starts a thing and wants to pass it to their child. Oh, and no, my dad like, does, I don't want to do it, my Dad. My dad does tired. not want to pass it to me. I'm taking oh, it. Oh, snap. Yeah, this is baby. He started it. Like, I'm his firstborn, but this is baby. Like, he raised it. This is his idea, his conception. Um, everything that we've done and how we built it is straight from his brain. And wow. uh, definitely some trusted advisors, but my father made this and has continued to do it. Um, I really the the main reason why I went to school, Howard University, all the things I've done is to essentially keep it going. Mm. Um, so 17 years from now, we potentially will have our own facilities. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. Um, potentially have our own educational institution. That is a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but yeah, definitely having our own facilities and continue to just build the legacy of New York City football because it is a thing. Mm. Tell your dad we we appreciate him. 
um, whatever he did, he did it right. Because mm. when you said, I've been waiting on this, y'all should have seen his face when he said it. Mm. And you're not going to because it's not video because he's in studio. <laughs> but mm. if you could have seen it, there was a look of glee that came over your face that, like, whatever your dad is doing, he's doing a damn good job because it definitely, like, I want my children to have that look in their eye when they think about something that me and my husband have done to, to pass on to Yeah, them. I might have to fight my sister when she get older because she... <laughs> <laughs> she coming for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She with my dad every day. <laughs> She's like, don't worry, big brother. I'm, I'm on my way. She's coming to steal your shine. Or not steal your shine, but coming to put her stamp mm -hmm. uh, on this as well. What's your message out there to young... We only have like a minute or so left, but to some of the young boys out there who are thinking about what comes next. Maybe they don't have access to a Harlem Jets, but they, they either want to provide something like that or they want to be able to, to leave a legacy uh, like the legacy that your father and his advisors are leaving and, and passing on to you. What's your advice to people who are just getting started? Um, that's a really good question. I guess my, my best is obviously, I guess there's two answers. There's one, always do your due diligence. Make sure you're doing your research. Make sure you, you know what you're getting yourself into. Like I said, a lot of organizations fell within the first few years cause, just because they didn't pay attention to the paperwork because right. there are a lot of loopholes in this that you can take advantage of. And then when it comes to, besides the business, on a more personal note, um, having that confidence and believing in yourself, there will be, it will be very tough. Like I said, there's early mornings and late nights and it never really stops. Those phone calls never stop ringing. And, um, but like I said, if you do have that confidence and knowing that you come from excellence and you have that support from your community, nothing is impossible. Mm, you heard it, y'all. He said it. You heard it. We receive it. That's what I'm talking about. So when we talk about the Kwanzaa principles and it's Umoja, today is Umoja Tuesday, uh, this is why it matters. Because when you have a vision for what excellence looks like, you can do what's necessary in order to put the work out there, put the the, the do the work, get the people, build up an excellent uh, platform and something that is attractive to people that they're going to want to participate in and support as well. Uh, I just dropped the donation link in the Nubia chat. Jonah, if you could also drop that on Twitter and Threads so that we can make sure that that people have access uh, because we want to make sure that we are supporting excellent work. And, you know, it's a couple million people listening right now. Maybe we, maybe we get one or two donors. Maybe we get beautiful. some people who will who join in and partner, uh, not just financially, but will send their expertise and excellence as well. It has been a real pleasure having you here, sir. Just give us one more time. What's the best way for people to connect with the organization? So Visit HarlemJets.org. We have our donate button live. Um, we also not only do football, we have wrestling, cheerleading, field hockey. Uh, we have boys mentorship, girls mentorship. Uh, shout out to About You. That's uh, like a our partner for our ancillary for our high school and our college you. kids. So, um, yeah. I love it.